Hey, oh where's Arlene Spensley? She texted me that she's ready. You have her phone number? Yes, I have her phone number. Man, I don't have anything. Hey, guess what? Guess whose phone number I have? I have Gomer's phone number. Boom. I have Katie McGrady's phone number. I have um, Jake's phone number. You have Jake's Just phone number? Yep, I have Sergio's phone Why number. Why do you have Katie's phone number? Katie McCready? Yeah. Hey, do not come down here. Mom. Mom! Don't laugh. Sorry. <laughs> this is a serious podcast, Arlene. I'm ready. Okay. Whatever. Three, what two. do you think this is? Catching foxes? <sighs> I love catching foxes. Can you stop? I'm just being honest. Too. Patrick, I wanted to start the episode. I, did, I thought we started. That's why I made the cut. Dang it. All right, start over. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, welcome to the Crunch episode 45. It's your boy, Ethan, a.k.a. Bro Possible, but now I can't say any of that. Yes, you can. Oh, I just did. Who are you? I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. And who's our fantastic, uh, wonderful person that's also here? Are you introducing me or am I? That's, well, uh, go ahead. It's, uh, it's you. Hello. <laughs> and I'm the author of Chastity for Lovers by my book. Wow. A shameless well, plug there we go, folks. within the first three seconds. Mm-hmm. That's actually we pray a... for us. We'll be praying for you. We'll see you on the Sunday. Yeah, we're done. We're out. End of the episode. Boom. What's up, Arlene? How are you? I'm good. Good, good. Yeah. Tired. I just ate some ice cream. Like you promised. This. Yes. Yes. What kind of ice cream yes. did you have? Very important. It was uh, oatmeal cookie. Ooh. What? It's so good. I know. I found it yesterday when I was at Fresh Market, and it's what brand it literally is that? Ta- Halo Top. Have you heard of Halo Top? Halo Top. Like I saw no, a commercial of theirs. Like no sugar in it. I've never heard I of Halo Top. I read the ingredients, but it's very... ice cream with 280 calories per pint. Yeah. What? I know. Sponsored by the, the real pints with Aquinas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it actually has oatmeal in it. Um, so you healthy. know it's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically breakfast. Wow. I enjoy it. Yeah. Oatmeal cookie—that's the one that everyone confuses for chocolate chip and gets mad. Why would they make that into an ice cream? I thought it was oatmeal raisin. Oh, wait. Which yeah. th- that would be a terrible ice cream. You cannot put that's... raisins in an ice cream. You could rum raisin. You just wouldn't make any money. Oh, yeah. Is rum raisin a thing? <laughs> rum raisin is a thing. Yeah. Man, I don't know anything about this ice is... cream. This is a weird intro. This is lively. That's what this is. <laughs> Patrick, you're like in, the, Patrick, the you're in charge now. Started out with what? You're what in I charge do? now. Yeah, I'm. I'm handing the reins over. Okay, all right. Uh, the podcast started out with us saying, "Hey, Arlene, stop laughing so much," and we haven't laughed since we started the episode. So, <laughs> well, I'm just following your Album. instructions. That's <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe I shouldn't have said stop laughing, or maybe even shouldn't have said stop laughing. So that you we were to. Uh, the flow was so good, and we ruined all of it. It was so good before we started recording. We had a text conversation. So I was, like, driving up from Florida to where I am now, like, a couple of, a couple of days ago. And I crossed into Virginia, and I texted Arlene. I was like, hey, I'm in your home state. I was nowhere near her town, though, because I-95 is, like, far away from the coast in Virginia, apparently. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in your home state. And... I, t- I saw the, the back of every Virginia license plate says Virginia is for lovers. And the lovers is like, the O is a heart. And it's like, what? or whatever. And I had seen that before. Yeah. What? Is that where it's from? I, I, 
Yeah. No, what? but I saw the, I saw the sign. I was like, Virginia isn't for lovers. Chastity is for lovers. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? That what it's from? And it is. Yeah. Well, the real and... story behind the title of my book is actually I had a bumper sticker um, that somebody had given me. This is long before the book that said Chastity is for lovers, and I had it on my car, and it sparked a lot of conversations uh, when I was in public places, but. Um, I guess that whoever created the bumper sticker probably took it from Virginia. And then when I moved here, um, it was hilarious. I mean, I thought it was because I was like, the author of Chastity's for Lovers is moving to the state that is also for lovers. This is crazy. And it just seems so perfect. I'm going to be honest. I, I heard that story on Haley Stewart's podcast because I searched Arlene Spensley into the podcast app and listened to all of them. <laughs> And Wait, I didn't do that. Yeah. Oh, I just listened to the Cassie Fox. I, I read her books. I do. Ah. I do my research. Um, and I was listening to that one. It was it called for the carrots or carrots or for the boys uh, or something. Fountains of, <laughs> fountains of carrots. Fountains of carrots. And I started listening to it. And I listened to the first five minutes, and then the two hosts they both freaked out because they said um at the same time, and it was like a one minute long thing. I was like, oh, I can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, my we gosh, crap like that all the time. No, but it was like very, it was very feminine, which is good, but I just couldn't handle it. If you're into that sort of thing, if you're into I'm that sort not. of thing, everybody go listen to Fountains with Carrots. Um, Fountains of Carrots. Fountains. I, th- of I remember carrots. recording that because I remember I did it in an office at the Tampa Bay Times where I used to work. How long Probably ago did you leave that position? I left that position, oh my gosh, let's see, about a year ago. It was like the first or second week of August in 2016, right before I moved to Virginia. Holy cow. Yeah, it's so almost you, a year. So you bailed on that to do kind of more Catholic-y things full-time, or was there other yeah. things that I don't know about? Oh, there's <laughs> so many other things. Um, <laughs> Let me hear all of them, honestly. All right, well, um, I moved here for a guy who I am no longer dating, but I was dating at the time. Mm. And mm. I, um, when I, the reason I decided to move here or not the reason, but the thumbs up for moving here was a part-time job that I got at a church, a Catholic parish up here, uh, just as an admin assistant in the religious formation department, it was enough to cover my rent. And so I was like, all right, it's, let's do it. I'm going to move. And so I did uh, not really, knowing where the rest of my income was going to come from. But about a week before I moved, I was in Ohio doing a for speaking engagement, but I had like a day to just hang out before my event. And so the, the host that I was staying with had a pool at her apartment complex and we went swimming and I'm hanging out by the pool and I get this voicemail from an editor at the Virginian pilot, which is a newspaper up here. And, um, a, maybe a week or two before that voicemail came, I had emailed an editor up there saying, um, I'm moving to Virginia and I can write, would you like me to write for you basically? <laughs> and um, the editor I emailed didn't need any correspondence, but he said he would forward my email around. And this particular editor called me, left a voicemail and I called her back from the pool and she was like, when will you be here? And I was like, uh, Monday or whatever the date was. It was a few days after that. And she was like, well, what, I'd like to meet you. And so like probably a day or two after I moved, I went to her office and had got my first assignment and I've been writing um, basically full-time freelance for them ever since. Wow. Which has been really awesome. Yeah. And on top of that, I do um, write freelance for Catholic match and a little bit for my blog. Um, I've really, really neglected the blog. 
<laughs> over the last <laughs> year or so. Um, but every now and then when I have some kind of inspiration, I'll throw something on there. Nice. I feel like Instagram has become my blog because I keep... Because you like, post these little snippets on there and they're I always know, really good. I always read them and I go, you. wow. Thank you so much. I wish I, I used wow, my... You should get paid to write. Yeah, oh, like, what awesome. the heck? I was about to say, I wish I could use my notepad that well. <laughs> Half of my notepad is just filled with nonsense. Part of it is an exercise in writing, but most of it is that, like, lately I've been so moved to share some of the stuff that's going on in my heart and my head because I just know that I'm not the only one going through things. And so I... Mm. Um, have felt very inspired lately to just put some of it out there and share. And I feel like it is resonating, which is really cool. I just looked at my notes app while you were saying that. And there's mm-hmm. one that's in all caps and it just says, if I can't say yes to studying, how can I say yes to carrying the cross? <laughs> I think, true. I think I had true. just, I think I just failed a test. And so that was me being angry at myself and making a note about it. That reminds me of something. I hope that this doesn't sound offensive because it's my journal from first grade. But um, but when but it's just really funny because when you said all caps, um, I, I'm glad I saved my journals from when I was in elementary school because they are literally the funniest things I have ever written. Oh no doubt. And there's there's this one entry. I drew a picture of a cow, and the entire journal entry says, "I like school. I want to milk a cow." That was my entire <laughs> journal entry. <laughs> LOL XT so random. Mm-hmm. Were you going to dairy My... school? I don't believe so. I'm not <laughs> sure where I got that from. A field trip to a farm, mayhaps? Mayhaps. That could have been it. That could have been, been it. I'm sure I, I went to a farm or two as a kid. <laughs> My my most recent note says EWTN reality show ideas. <laughs> Celebrity life teen apprentice. Amazing Grace. Like a him <laughs> but like Amazing Grace. The oh. Bachelor but with religious orders. Dancing with the Hearts. Each member of Mark Hart's family creates a dance <laughs> team that competes in an epic six-part showdown. And then Holy Family Feud. That's it. That's all. I, that's my notes. Those are really good. I wish I had a talent for like coming up with stuff like that. I do not have that talent. You'd it started think, with Dancing with the Hearts. You think that because... EWTN would would call us by now and say, "Hey, we want you to be our content creators," but we still we still haven't got the call. Whatever, I'm over it. It's, maybe it's still coming. It's still coming. Yeah, these things I are slow. These things take time. Hey, speaking of the convocation, Arlene, mm, we met the convocation. I know. Oh, I can't stop smiling as I think about it. That was so. It was so much fun. Great. The um, yeah, it was what Saturday. It started Saturday, right? And that's when I met you, right? Yes. So yes, I was probably wandering, um, just exploring the the hotel where the convocation was happening, and. I see this guy across the way, and I'm like, is that that kid from Twitter? Oh, jeez. Is that oh, that kid from Twitter? Shoot. Meaning you, Patrick. And I'm like, no, is that him? No. And I, I was like, oh, whatever. I won't say anything. And then after the first session or whatever, when I was when te- Luke and I from Catching Foxes were texting, trying to find each other, lo and behold, who is with Luke when we finally found each other? Patrick. You. And it Maybe. really was you. Patrick. Yeah, that was awesome. We had so much fun. That was just... We had an intense, an intense weekend. It was great. Oh, Arlene, what did you think of the convocation as a whole? Because I know that Luke wasn't the biggest fan. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I tried to keep him... Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. That was, your, that was our <laughs> job, was to keep him positive. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard. Um, <laughs> but uh, I loved the convocation. I loved it. Um, maybe not for the reasons the USCCB wanted us to love it, but I loved it for... Um, a probably unique set of reasons so 
first, I loved it because I got to meet so many people um, that I had either heard of or had interacted with in some way, shape, or form on the internet. Um, like Luke and I had been friends. I mean, we considered each other friends for quite a while. Um, and we, but we just had never had the opportunity to be in the same place at the same time. So to get to hang out in real life was awesome. And uh, I got to make some new friends, you know, got to make some new connections. And um, that to me was just very, very enriching and valuable. And then on top of that, I attended um, three, well, everybody had the option to attend three different breakout sessions throughout the convocation. And the ones that I chose were awesome, particularly um, the social and digital media and the mm -hmm. breakout session about um, disabilities and the deaf community in the church. Uh, and the, the third one was also great. Um, it was on human sexuality. That's right. We, yes, nice. we attended that one together. And um, it was also great, but uh, I, uh, somebody who writes about sex and chastity and stuff, there wasn't um, a lot there that I or um, hadn't already, you know, looked into it. You could have, you was, literally wrote the book on this stuff, you know? Literally, yeah. You so, could have given so the I, talk. Yeah, I went there <laughs> mostly just to kind of see, like, what's going on now, what are, what's important to people right now. Um, but the other two I went to because I just had interests in them um, for other reasons. You know, the social and digital media one I was interested in because I hate social and digital media, <laughs> um, which we are using right now to record this. It's crazy. And, and I, it, it's very simple. Like, and I understand the benefits of these things, but I also think um, it is getting to be a bit diabolical. And mm -hmm. every time I vent about this on social media, it doesn't really get very far. Um, like, like I, those are not the tweets of mine that get like a hundred likes because I think it challenges people um, to look at their own use of social and digital media. And the reason that I say it's diabolical is because what I see and what I observe and what I experience is that we are getting so attached to, especially our smartphones um, and our social media, uh, that our attention is constantly divided, which means that we are never in any given moment completely dedicated to something or the person mm -hmm. that we are with. And I think that's seeping into even our vocations. So what you'll, what you'll have is, um, you know, spouses who are ignoring each other or parents who are, uh, aren't paying attention to their kids. And um, I, would, I would say basically nothing hurts my heart more than, than that, um, whether I am observing it or experiencing it or doing it myself, um, because we're all guilty at times. But um, I think hey, you, you tweeted a while back about uh, tweeting at stoplights. You didn't, yeah. And yes. then you texted me that you were driving somewhere, and I was like, Arlene. <laughs> okay. Come on, come on, Arlene. We can't have any hypocrites on our podcast. I hope you know that. Didn't, yeah. didn't I? Was was it you or somebody else? Because you're probably not the only one that I was communicating with at that time. But but I remember. I don't know. No, no, Sergio, because. Sergio. He had, I think it was something like that. Oh, it was when I was also talking about tweeting or texting or checking your phone on a grocery line because that was another one that I had tweeted out. And he yeah. said, um, did you tweet that from the grocery line? And I said, no, I didn't. But then later that day, I was checking Twitter while I was on a grocery line. And so then I tweeted at him and I was like, I'm tweeting this from a grocery line because I already forgot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's so hard. It's it is crazy. So hard, it is so difficult. I totally... I actually... Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Okay, so what I tweeted that day, though, about the red lights was it was just a, a, um, an observation I made of myself at a red light, and so um, I tweeted it. And I realized that, you know, it's disturbing, yes, that many of us cannot make it, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes in the car without sending a text in some way, shape, or form. Um, but what's even more disturbing to me is that most of us cannot make it through a red light without picking up the phone. And I just, I think that is a problem. I just don't think that's okay. And I'm guilty of it. And like for probably about a week after I tweeted that, I made a conscious effort not to pick my phone up at red lights. And I'm working my way back toward that. Um, sometimes I am legitimately busy. And so, you know, I'm, you know, juggling stories for the paper or doing whatever, making plans, doing things. And I, I will at a red light, you know, check my email or do something that I feel like I need to do. But at the same time, um, the observation I've made of myself is that I have lost a step in the process of picking up the phone. Um, because when I first got a smartphone, I would have to actually decide to pick it up. And I don't feel like I really do that anymore. I think now it's muscle memory. I just pick up my phone and open Instagram and I don't even realize that I'm doing it until it's already done. And it's like a twitch yes. and you're like, Oh, I yeah. pick up my phone. And I, and I, I mean, I have some concerns about that. Um, and it's something that I'm really starting to dive a little deeper into. Um, something that I'm going to start writing about a lot more. So stay tuned for that. My problem is that, but I, Arlene, I, you're a chastity speaker. You uh, have to stay there, right there <laughs> in that little box there. There you go. It's, box i don't like boxes what i said i what? don't like boxes i like boxes was, my my problem is that i like to blame it on the crushing loneliness i experience from day to day but in reality <laughs> it's just it's just my sinfulness really it's just the fact mm. that i'm lazy and mm. uh prideful and vain and i need the i need the gratification so mm. i need to stop i need to stop blaming women for the fact that i can't put my phone down what? Because it's, it's really just me. Yeah. I, yeah, no, it's it's so like even during even during the podcast, my phone stays in the same spot, and when there's a lull, at least not like a lull lull for the listener, but a lull for me, like oh, I'm not talking right now. Flip. Like I'm, I'm looking at Twitter right now. Please don't tweet right now. I'm not gonna tweet <laughs> right now. I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just scrolling. Look at how pointless it is. Look at me doing it and talking about how bad it is while I'm doing it. I'm sorry. We can't see you, even. I'm a terrible person. No. <laughs> Thanks, Arlene. You're, You're off the podcast for making me feel guilty. People should people should talk about this in a Catholic context because yeah. first of all, because it it um, people people listen more at least Catholics listen more when it's a Catholic context, but um, it does affect us people and we're in like a theology of the body way. It's like oh, oh it's here we go. People away from the body. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Mm-hmm. In the um, uh, human sexuality breakout session at the convocation, that one lady said that using your phone or picking up your phone when you are in the presence of another human, another body was her exact term in terms of theology of the body. Um, It's a form of detachment, like you're detaching yourself. And one of the things that uh, that just impressed me um, about the convocation well, I guess not about the convocation. One of the things that impressed me about the joy of the gospel was the part of the joy of the gospel in which Pope Francis talks about accompaniment. And he 
mm-hmm. called it the art of accompaniment. And he said that mm-hmm. it's like removing your sandals before the sacred ground of the other. And I think in terms of theology of the body plus social slash digital media, how we accompany each other and how we remove our sandals is by putting the phone down when we're in the presence of each other um, and giving each other this attention that we deserve. And I, um, I wrote about this on the blog a while ago. Um, and I had said something about how like, you know, deep down, well, it started because somebody had posted a picture of like a newborn baby dressed as a mermaid and it just disturbed me. And I was like, well, I don't, this isn't enriching my life. Like your baby's cute, but I don't need to see her dressed up in costumes, you know? And um, that sounds adorable. And I'm into that. It was, I mean, it was, but I, (laughs) I'm just like, we got to draw the line somewhere people come on. And (laughs) I, I just, my question in the moment was like, a like, why, like, why am I scrolling through all of these things, looking at all of these things that aren't enriching my life? Um, and then I realized like we, that's not why we use social media. We don't post things to enrich other people's lives. When we post things on the internet, we're doing it to meet a need in ourselves. Most of the time. That's my argument. Most of the time, I think. And the question that I then have for us as humans and as Catholics and, um, as whatever else, I don't know. I couldn't think of a third thing. Um, (laughs) humans, Catholics, and and some other third thing. And some other third thing, um, <laughs> my question is, what need are we trying to meet? And is there really somebody else or something else that's supposed to meet it? Is social media the thing that's supposed to meet it? Because a lot of people are looking for affirmation or they're looking for attention. Um, and it's like attention isn't bad. Like we deserve to give each other our attention. But um, there are people who would like die to provide that for you in the same room. <laughs> and we're ignoring them so that we can look at these little screens and yeah like especially as somebody that that uses twitter all the time that's (laughs) like that's like my thing you know that's like why me and patrick are here that's such a good question because we like to say media empires what (laughs) we like to say that we use twitter to evangelize and like to use to be the new evangelization because of it's a new mode of evangelization we have a new ardor or whatever we want to say um but at the end of the day you're right like is it drawing away like i could do so much with regards to my mission where i'm at you know either at my parish or at my student center or whatever in person but like some of my time is spent on the twitter thing which is like kind of stupid when you think about it you know like people need it and it's good to have a catholic presence online but at the same time is it worth the trade-off that sometimes i make um, kind of in that person-to-person basis, uh, the Twitter versus, like, ministry, you know? I don't know. Yeah. For so long, we kind of just presumed, like, we're being Catholic online. This is the new evangelization. And I'm, like, <laughs> in my pajamas with a shirt off, like, watching watching Netflix in the background and arguing with someone about the liturgy. Like, hooray, new evangelization. <laughs> we're doing it. Yeah. I'm 12. Look how much we're getting done. Yeah, it's... um that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed the social media breakout session of the complication uh, is because we really talk a lot about this stuff and Lisa Hendy, who is an editor at Ave Maria press. Um, she said something that I thought was great uh, when, during the panel discussion, because she was on the panel and 
uh, what she said was something like, you know, when are we going to take the leap from what happens on our phones to what happens in the pews? Whoa. And I would even argue like, yeah, like when, yeah. when are we going to take the leap from what happens in our phones to what happens, you know, in our homes and um, in the grocery store and wherever we are, you know, because uh, I, I was on a radio show once. It was a call in show. And so I got to talk to the public and um, <laughs> one of the, the caller we were talking about this and one of the callers was arguing um with me <laughs> that um <laughs> how dare they have the gall um, to argue with you because i had said something about you know how i quit facebook because i don't i don't have a profile i mean i have a profile i don't have any friends because i need a profile in order to operate my page which you can like if you so choose um <laughs> i i, I like early yeah earlier la earlier no, yeah, sorry, late last year, halfway through the year, I don't know, whenever, after I moved here to Virginia, um, I quit Facebook, and I was kind of hesitant, because I had just moved to a new state, you know, and I was like, uh, you know, I'm going to lose touch with all these people, but then there was a bigger part of me that was like, I don't care, because I, like, this is, it's, it's wasting time, and it's wasting energy, and so I had been talking about this on this particular radio show, and um, it's a Catholic show, and I said something about how the catalyst for my quitting Facebook was seeing somebody post a Bible verse. And I got so mad when I saw it, not because scripture, the, the girl who posted it, not because I don't like the Bible, I love the Bible, <laughs> but I, I got mad because I saw, I saw so much of myself in this post and not in the verse, but in the fact that somebody posted it because I used to do it all the time. I would see a passage of scripture or a quote from a saint and I would post it and I would um, that I would share it or I would see somebody else who had posted something and I would like it and then that's as far as it got mm. I wasn't allowing this passage of scripture or this saint quote or this excerpt from a Catholic book to change my life yeah I wasn't allowing what I was seeing on screen to affect me I was calling it a day because I had shared something or I had liked something and then I was oh. looking at you know, a series of pictures from a neighbor's second cousin's bridal shower or something because I got like lost on Facebook for hours and speak right to my heart. Why don't you, man, <laughs> you know? And, and so I, I had talked about this and, and the woman who called in had said, but no, like it's, this is how we evangelize and we have to put our scriptures on, on Facebook and stuff. And I just, I couldn't get through at least I don't think I could, um, to her about my point. I, I just could not articulate it the way um, she could receive it because what I really was trying to say was that we have to really look at whether we are being true evangelizers, whether we are living our faith, or if we are just becoming, as I call it, like aggressive likers of the things. Yeah, like I would say if you're, using, if you're using Facebook, and you say that you have to use Facebook to evangelize, that just means you're a bad evangelizer, in my opinion. <laughs> like, that means you're not good at the job that, that we're charged with, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in the Gospels, to go and spread to all four corners of the world, not sit in your living room, Carol. <laughs> Wait, where have I heard that recently? It was a tweet. Okay, yeah, I think I saw that same tweet. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, anyway. classic. But I'm serious. Like that is you're, you're, right. you're exactly right. We use it as a substitute for actually going out and doing real work. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's garbage. It's kind of a cop out. Yeah. It's definitely a cop. I mean, out. I don't, I don't really post much Catholic stuff on my Facebook anymore and my and my Instagram. But mostly, and I, I was always like, I was worried, like, oh well, am I being cowardly? But no, I think that I think that I don't think I'm being cowardly. I think I'm just like I know that if I post on Facebook, it'll seem inauthentic because everybody else is being inauthentic on Facebook. Mm. So everyone else is like, oh, you're posting about your faith. Your faith must be inauthentic. Mm. It must not be. Um, so like when I was, I was going to do a live video for the Catholic hangout that we were having a while back and I chose to do it on, on, um, Twitter instead of Instagram, because I knew that like my other friends follow me on Instagram, like they're going to see me being like, Hey, we're all Catholic and we're hanging out. It's like, Oh, he's just trying to do this to be a celebrity. That's stupid. And so I, but I knew that Twitter would be understanding. And yeah, like, I, I think, I think you're right. If you, if you show like, Oh, look how Catholic I am to all your secular friends. It looks like you're throwing your faith in their face and that's not evangelization. That's just dumb. (laughs) You're right. Gosh. Dang it, Arlene. I thought we were going to talk about chastity. <laughs> uh, I'm so good at that. I know. I'm so good at not having sex with women. Hey. <laughs> dude, same. Hold on a minute. Let's rename this podcast to the uh, the Triple Virgin Slam Dunk Denny's $5 Meal Podcast. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. That's what we can be we, now. We can... We can also talk about chastity if you would like. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm super excited because I I know I know that you've been like you had a lot of stuff in the works and you were talking to, you were talking with with Matt about oh we both have these cool book ideas and I was like mm-hmm. Matt who I'm gonna hold off until I have them on the oh Matt Sewell from oh the oh, oh yeah okay who we also have with without you I know um, so fun yeah, he met Gomer I don't care I'm <laughs> um, so oh. Um, oh. Um, and you guys were both like talking about your book ideas and I was like, man, I got, I'm going to wait until, I'm going to wait until they come on the podcast to ask them. Cause I, I, I'm super glad that you're branching into, you know, other things and not just like boxing yourself into this, yes. like into the chastity speaker, you know, cause that, that's just, we have a lot of chastity speakers and that's I a know, good thing. But, I know. I mean, I like you talk about I, chastity to older people, right? I do. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. Like, I'd like to think that I do it a little bit differently. Um, there have been occasions when I've had to like talk event hosts into hosting me <laughs> um, as a speaker because <laughs> their initial reaction is, oh, chastity, but that's for youth. And I'm like, clearly you have not been properly catechized um, because you would know that chastity is for everyone. No, you dumb idiot. It's a virtue uh, for everyone. <laughs> I've never called anyone a dumb idiot. I, I have. Um, that's why I'm not a, chast- that's why I'm not a chastity speaker. <laughs> um. I'm not verbally chased. Like as an example, um, I went to, uh, before my book came out, I was at a uh, women's conference um, and I had like Chastity's Brothers t-shirts already and flyers because the book was just a couple months away from being released. And I wasn't speaking at that conference that year, but I had this booth and I was sitting at the booth and I had like my giant cardboard cover of the book to draw attention, you know, to the book. And um, lots of ladies came up to me and they were excited about the book and they were taking the flyer and they were signing up for my email list and buying t-shirts and yet there were also a handful of women who looked at me and said a couple things that really caught my attention and the first was oh this is so great but it doesn't apply to me because i'm married (laughs) and i I was like i was like you especially need to buy my book when it comes out um and then the other um school of thought (laughs) that i ran into that day was um, a number of older single women um, who 
had always been single, who had never been married, I, that was redundant, and who, um, <laughs> this is why I write. Professional writer, write. everybody. Yeah, yeah everybody. <laughs> Arlene Spensley. I can edit. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> but they came up to me and they're like, I have lived this way, meaning chastely, my whole life, and I still don't have a husband. And I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I looked them right in the eye and I said, God didn't promise any of us a husband. That's not what this is about. And I, that was not the answer they wanted to hear um, from me. But, but it true. is the truth. It is yeah. the truth. That is not why you practice a virtue. It's not about because God <laughs> well, promises <laughs> you a reward. You know, like that's not what's about. It's about holiness. You know, and that's how you get a dog to roll over. That's not how you <laughs> literally get a person like to go people. To people actually think that because I get that advice all the time. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a strapping young man and I'm single, and people will just say, "Well, Ethan." You just got to stop looking for a wife and God will give you one. No. God. God is not a sugar daddy that hands out <laughs> spouses when you are good, when you're a good boy or girl. You like, you know, like that's not how, that's not how this game that's goes not, down. You know, how it, works. it makes me it's, mad. He's also not a steer into the skid God, you know, like, oh, if I'm very humble, then God will make me famous. You know, like that <laughs> other thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a Dang challenge. It. That, that method's it's... not going to work for me then. If I'm very chaste, then I can have all of the sex ever. Yay. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. These are the things that inspire me, though. This is why I still do write about chastity and sex, because there are still so many misconceptions out there. Um, Like the next year, I went to that same conference, but I went as a speaker. And before the conference started and I was setting up my table, um, more women, you know, came up to my table and um, they were looking at my book and, you know, flipping through it. And I had a few of the same kinds of reactions, mostly the, this doesn't really apply to me because I'm married thing. And I challenged those women and I said, well, you come to me after I speak and tell me if you still think it doesn't apply. And, um, a couple at least came up to me and they were like, thank you so much. I get it now. (laughs) And I was like, you're welcome. And thank you. Um, Mic drop uh, into your face. Boom. (laughs) But that's... um, Chastity burn. Yeah, that's something that I get a little um, fired up about. Like once I was in a restaurant with my mom and uh, we were talking all about this sort of stuff and she was telling me how, you know, when she was growing up and when she was in Catholic school, you know, as a kid and a teenager, um, nobody ever talked about any of this. And there are like entire generations of people who were never told what sex is according to the church um who grew up in you know in the church and who were just never told and i ended up getting so heated in this conversation (laughs) not at her but just at the situation that i we were in like a ruby tuesday or something and i was like mom i was like mom look look around this restaurant i was like you see all these couples do you think they love each other i don't think they love each other wow i was so mad i've heard this story before and i'm shocked (laughs) i was just like i lost it it was hilarious actually but i was just like nobody knows what love is not nobody knows like it was so funny but it's true-ish true-ish wow so that's like your jam. That's like your thing that like, do you ever, I mean, obviously nowadays when you're not at Ruby Tuesday with your mom, 
Do you ever just kind of go around and just start yelling at people to love 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 each other more? Like, is no, that a, is that a common I, thing I in your life? No, I haven't gotten that far. Um, I think it in my head sometimes. Yeah. Um, What's like? Often, here's a good question. What's the thing that like you see that makes you the most upset or makes you want to like give your talk right then and there? You know, or like hand them a copy of your book. Like, what is there like a common thing that people do that you notice? Either online or in real life. Ooh, that's a Arlene, really what is question. your trigger? Yeah, what's your trigger? Ooh. Um, I would say for me, it's when I hear people refer to chastity but describe it as abstinence. Mm. Um, and, and when people tell me that chastity ends with the wedding. Um, that is probably the primary reason that I want to launch into my talk. Um, and then... The other, this has only happened once, but it's great. Um, I was on an airplane, and the woman next to me was reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, boy. And, um, boy, you so did I, it. <laughs> I was like, all right, I was like, and sitting there on the plane, and I'm like, this woman is not getting off this plane without a copy of my book. I, I've got to find a way to get this woman a copy of my book. Like, And just like short of slipping it into her bag while she's not looking, I was like, it's going to happen. Like, something's going to happen here. And... Thankfully, um, I probably did say a little prayer like, God, like, give me an opportunity because I, this woman has got to read my book instead of Fifty Shades. So she actually started a conversation with me and she leans over and she's like, she's like, I did not know what this book was about. <laughs> yeah, she's, God bless her. Yeah, so she's like, she's like, I just saw that it was like a bestseller and I bought it and this is really not for me. Like, this is not my kind of book. And I was oh, like, you know what? Sucks. I was like, I think I have a book that you're going to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it's my book <laughs> and so I did I pulled my book an extra copy of my book out of my bag and I was like I wrote this if you want it you can have it it's totally different from Fifty Shades of Grey so I told her a little bit of my story and you know why I wrote the book and she was so excited I signed it for her and she started reading it right there on the plane next to me which was a little awkward because I was like oh man like what if what if like she reads something she disagrees with like am I gonna have to have an argument but um she seemed to be you know enjoying it and everything and wow I yeah That'd be so funny, like, reading the book and having the author sitting right next to you, like, all right, hold on, when, right here. Yeah, what did you mean? First of all, there's a typo. Second of all. Yeah, it's a unique opportunity to um, get to sit down with the author of a book, I think. I like, I, I really actually do like doing that. Sometimes when I do a speaking engagement, if I can stay, like, an extra day or something, I'll do kind of a small group sort of situation where oh, we'll nice. get a group together and I'll, like, read I'll do a reading of the book. Like, you not sit, the whole you book, sit in a rocking chair and everybody sits cross-legged in front of you and you read a chapter yeah, with at like a time. Little mugs of coffee and tea. And, um, and then I will read a chapter or I'll let them pick a chapter or chapter or two and then we'll discuss it. And that's actually been really fruitful when I have done it. I have, like, I have discussion questions in the back of the book, but we never even had to use them because the, the conversation just, you know, did its thing. So we have a ton of like questions, but they're all about chastity, and I feel yeah. like a lot of them are really common questions. Really simple. Like, are single people them... called to chastity? I'm not making fun of you. I'm just that's a bad question. Whoever asked that? No, Catherine. Who, Catherine, who said who is that? our number one fan, Ethan? Oh, is she, is she the one who asked that? Sorry, Cat. No, she can handle it. I'm not sorry. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, no, it's it's, it's kind of standard stuff like. Uh, discernment um <laughs> how do i discern from marriage 
what are and these are like these are all like really broad questions that yeah. are like for your spiritual director hey arlene how long do you have um, let's talk about discernment <laughs> yeah but one one thing that i don't know uh we we talked about and this is a good this is a good discussion whenever you're discussing chastity is like all right well that's great but i'm not a virgin mm. so what the heck you know and, and a lot of people go through that like they made a mistake and they're younger or they like had a conversion they realized they messed up in the past and like so what is the value of physical versus emotional slash spiritual whatever you want to call it emotional virginity spiritual virginity versus physical virginity and we had that question that guy about like why can't i value marrying a virgin you know we that was a big that was a big controversy on twitter a while back i don't know if you were there for that yeah it was pretty ugly because it resulted in me calling him a sexist and a lot of other mean things because i got pretty upset with him so wow. let's keep this amenable. It, it was pretty funny, but I'm sorry that I missed it. I it was, I did see that particular question today um, on Twitter, and like I said to the guy, um, I said it depends on how you're how you're asking the question because he had posed it as a question or whatever. Um, I, it depends because I've heard people, I've heard men like not solely say like I would love you know for the woman I married to have always practiced chastity, you know, like that's, which means, you know, she's clearly not had sex before. Um, I, th- I think there's a difference between saying that and saying, I will only marry a virgin because people who have had sex are dirty, like, like, or something like that. Yeah. Like, that's terrible. Like, you don't, don't say that. That's stupid. Don't say that. Um, come on, like get a grip. Uh, <laughs> so it depends. And I, again, I didn't see the whole controversy, so I have no idea what the question is. I can't was. remember if he did say that. I don't know. Cause I think like we, we were like, Oh Yeah obviously if a woman isn't a virgin and you love her that's okay right and he was like no and i was like well, okay oh. well this is a weird conversation then yes. we're gonna well, back in that off case, you did ask the question incorrectly sir um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um yikes i'm just saying uh but no yeah that that's 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 complicated um and the way i always because you're dealing with someone's you're dealing with someone's pain and it sucks yeah and, and it's everybody like... has pain and everybody has sin and everybody has a past and that is the beauty of chastity is that it's a thing you can start to practice today no matter your vocation no matter your state in life no matter your age no matter your past it doesn't matter it's a thing that you can start right now and i think as humans it's very difficult um to wrap our heads around a fresh start because we're always going to get stuck um in some way at some point in the past um, yeah. we all, we all have that. I think in any relationship, in any, um, context, really, you will find your past affecting your present in some way, shape or form. We have wounds. We have begun to believe lies about ourselves at some point in the past. And these are things that we're always going to be fighting with. These are things that I fight with. These are things that my friends fight with. These are things that priests fight with. Like, everybody has a fight with this. And as I tweeted earlier today, the fight is not a failure. The fact that you have to fight with these lies that are being told about you or that you're telling yourself about yourself is not a failure. Um, The fight, as a priest that I talked to um, today said, the fight is actually a grace. Um, because he said we're all headed, hopefully, toward heaven, and that's always going to be an uphill climb. And so just keep climbing, you know. Wow. I like it. Some inspirational words. I have a question. Um, Arlene. Yes. Arlene Spencer. <laughs> um, 
what would you tell what would you tell all the boys out there like i think i was like in general or well like, the, I, I thought that was the question no that was not in, that was not the that was not the whole question so like i think guys um at least the perception is that guys struggle more with physical chastity and girls struggle more with emotional chastity um is there like those women folk and their emotions exactly like what would you Classic. what would you tell the homeboys out there like that are maybe are struggling with emotional chastity or maybe really are struggling with physical chastity and like they can't seem to find any good advice because the Sarah Swafford talk isn't identifying with them in any way mm. you know like okay. what what would you tell them I need to read her book I actually have it on my shelf um can you I this is as a chastity speaker, sort of embarrassing. But can you can you define emotional chastity for me, please? Oh shoot, no. <laughs> I mean, I can because I'm I can because I'm so, bad at it. Here's my here's my version of it is that like, okay. uh, this is I'll give you I'll I'll define it for you by telling you what I do wrong. So okay. I'll meet a girl right, and I think she's really cute, and she's Catholic, and she laughs at my jokes, and then I can't imagine any other type of relationship with her outside of it being a romantic one. Until she ultimately shoots me down and we have to become friends, but it's awkward and not as strong of a friendship as it would have been if we had just been friends in the first place. Okay. Relatable. And, and okay. That, that, okay. that happens to me many, many times. And I, that for me is being emotionally unchaste. Okay. Okay. All right. So it almost sounds like a boundaries thing. If I had, if I had to sum it up. Because... I would go a little bit further than just boundaries, though, because like boundaries are individual it's got to be some kind of like universal you know and, and the, the i like the sarah swafford definition is like use and i'm not saying that all emotional mm. chastity is ultimately use because ethan like i don't think you're using people to that extent of like of physical use but there's like an mm. emotional use as well because ultimately unchastity is use right you're using right. someone physically right emotional chastity is using some emotional unchastity is using someone emotionally so mm the the high you get with them because of their attractiveness because of the way they make you feel all that stuff like that's unchastity it's not necessarily like if you're in a relationship it's not necessarily cheating but mm. like let's be honest you this is how you feel emotionally when you're around your girlfriend so you shouldn't feel this way emotionally around other women mm. that's yeah kind of, that's what that's what emotional chastity what okay. what patrick Use. said okay so when i right. say when i say boundaries um what i'm thinking of is the analogy that some people use to describe relationships um, as a target. So you have the bullseye in the middle and then you have the ring around that bullseye <laughs> and then you have the ring around that ring and so on and so forth. Yeah. And the bullseye, your closest human relationship um, belongs in there because that person who's like, you know, your spouse or the person who's likely to become your spouse has more access to your energy and your emotion and your um, attention um, than anybody else. And then you have the people in the ring around the bullseye you have a little bit less access to all of that stuff and then the ring around that they have even less access and then you keep going out further and further and so there's people who don't have any access to your energy you don't you don't owe them anything and so when i think about it as a boundary thing i think about it, it's like trying to pull this person into your bullseye way too fast or way too soon and you're devoting your attention and your energy and your emotion to this person before it's time to do that um, so that's what I was thinking when I was saying boundaries. And um, then when I was thinking about all that, I forgot what your initial question was. Uh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, my bullseye is massive, which is just a, <laughs> a problem. I have, I have the biggest bullseye this side of the Mississippi. 
So yikes! Thank you, thank you for putting that into perspective for me. Um, but the question was: uh. is what would you what would you tell the guys that don't identify with a normal chastity talk that are having struggles that maybe um, they aren't maybe they're fine with physical chastity maybe they don't they have, they have no problems like staying sex free you know they they're they don't watch porn they don't do anything like that but emotionally they they struggle a lot and they feel like the men's side of chastity is lacking mm. um so what, what would you say to them hmm. well i think i would begin by saying that i think a lot of like men's talks slash women's talks are lacking in that way um this is why I prefer to not give my talk segregated. Um, Mm -hmm. I've done it. Like if an event host really wants me to talk to the boys separately from the girls or not to talk to the boys at all, I'll agree to do it. um, Cause you know, I also have bills to pay. I'm just being honest. (laughs) But um, so I'm like, well, all right, if that's what you want me to do, that's what what I'll do. Stand by your principles or don't eat. Can I please speak to the boys and the girls together? Um, because I try, and I don't talk about emotional chastity really at all. Um, I don't think, at least not, I don't use those words. But um, because I just think that there, um, there isn't really, there shouldn't be like this, this difference. Like this, we shouldn't talk about there being like a difference Ooh. between like how a girl and a guy would struggle with any of these things. I just right. think humans struggle with all of these things in some, at some level. And so it should all be addressed. And so, like, th- that's the first thing I would say. And then the second thing I would say is that, like, yeah, I'm just assuming maybe that perhaps hearing, uh, you know, men- men's talks after men's talks that say that, like, here's how men struggle. And if you're a man who doesn't struggle that way and you struggle in another way, like, um, you're not the one who's wrong. <laughs> um, in mm. other words, um, in yeah. other words, you um, you are not like less of a male um by any means because you don't struggle in the way that this person who puts men in a box says that you should um that's the second thing that i would say um because i think that i mean when it comes to gender and stuff um that's another thing i've gotten passionate about in the past and have written about a little tiny tiny bit on my blog um it's just a lot of people like we were, were you guys involved with that conversation about the emotions and men on twitter um probably I, I don't remember being involved in any emotions that one where the lady ever. was like men shouldn't express emotion or something like that mention the classic yes oh, I was yeah a woman so, telling men how to act classic I was so angry i've probably I made that. fun of that at some point oh we, my goodness yeah we ranted about that early and that was funny that was unbelievable that's to <laughs> me take that's, a breath and keep going that's the saddest thing that is the saddest thing when men are told by anyone that they shouldn't have, you know, certain feelings or whatever. Um, but it's also sad when women are told it like, like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I am a proponent of like accepting that there is no, um, that a lot of the, a lot of the gender roles that are assigned are, are assigned and created. They're not, it, it's not like women have to cook and, men have to do the yard work that's not that's not how it works do what you're good at <laughs> like, 1950s like, gender roles ladies and gentlemen yeah. the way god oh. intended <laughs> pre-vatican II, which only includes the decade directly before vatican II. that's how everything <laughs> should be 
the decade that literally made the church want to have Vatican Two. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh boy? That's the one we should go back to. Anyway, hey, hey uh, we're not mad. Patrick. The trads just... are listening. We can't. We can't say too much. We can't get upset. Yeah. Uh, Moving forward. No, that's good, Arlene. I appreciate that. Um, on on another hand, mm-hmm. uh, the men's talk that I heard from Gomer this past weekend was mm-hmm. potentially the greatest men's talk I've ever heard in my entire life. Gomer gives Ooh. such good men's It talk. was so flippin' good. Like, Was it on passivity? Uh, no. Have you heard Gomer's talk on passivity? I have not. What does he mean by passivity? Oh, Being passive. Let, oh my gosh. This All right, talk thanks, is <laughs> best. I personally have listened to Gomer's passivity talk, like, and I'm not even a man, um, like 15 times. Whoa. It is so good. It is so good. One of the things that he says gives me a lot of hope, and I told him that once. I, I texted him when I was having a hard time with after my last breakup, um, and I was listening to this talk, and I was just like, you give me such hope, Gomer, because he really did. And in this talk, he talks about how, like, um, he, was, he was giving this talk for men who are primarily married, but he was saying that men, he called the guys out, and he just said, like, you are your wife's only legitimate source of romance and so the question is does your wife have any romance in her life Ooh. and yeah i mean oh wow. he, he gave it to him it was so good it was so can good can you uh send me a myspace message with that talk please thanks <laughs> yeah sure thing appreciate it yeah i would love to listen to that no his his yeah, was on really um good. uh identity and finding mm-hmm. a man's identity in christ and it wasn't like a grunting hoo-ha like we're men kind of talk it was it was very real it was very honest he talked about manhood in different cultures and like what it means to be a christian man and like oh man it was it was awesome all right everybody we're gonna start out this bed session like men everybody repeat after me (laughs) 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 okay let me ask you a question does that really happen like yes 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 it does it's horrendous I've like, been to women's talks where they try to get you to dance, and I'm like, uh-uh, women Every, only. every like, women's session starts with either a Miley Cyrus song or a Taylor Swift song. There are no I've exceptions. i the Taylor Swift ones. <laughs> I, I, yeah. To be fair, though, I, in the men's session at this Steubenville conference, um, for about 15 minutes before it started, every man in the room was focused on getting a singular beach ball from the bottom to the top of the theater. And when it finally did mm. get up, you would have thought that we had just won World War Three. Like... <laughs> Men are men are kind of stupid, so <laughs> we don't really do much to bring up our rep in that regard. Oh man, that is funny. Yeah, that's really really funny. My second Steubenville conference, all the girls came back with friendship bracelets, and I thought they were kidding. I thought they were kidding. <laughs> Three thousand girls, they all made bracelets. That's a joke, right? You guys, you guys brought those from home, and you're lying to us. Yeah, but I got this. Jeez. I got this cool chastity card that I signed and promised I wasn't gonna watch porn anymore. So uh, take <laughs> I that. I signed one of those cards, the chastity card. I have. Actually, I have enough chastity card. cards. I have, card. I have purity cards in my wallet, oh, ready man. to make rain on my wife <laughs> one day. I saved myself for you. Uh, every guy at after the Steubenville men's session, um, my senior year, went and asked out a girl. It was so funny That's because. Awesome. That's so they, funny. <laughs> it was great, but it was because the guy was like, men are too weak. If you're thinking about asking out a girl, you should do it. And every guy <laughs> was like, I know exactly which girl that I'm maybe, like, overly maybe emotionally wait until invested you get in home. right now. 
Oh, yeah, gosh. really. Like, please. <laughs> I'm going to do it right after Saturday Adoration when we're both emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, and tired. Arlene, here's a question Classic. about um, people asking each other out. Um, <laughs> so we have a friend on Twitter.com who uh, is single and is ready to mingle. And I think he's he's trying to mingle with the Spence. Um <laughs> What what say you? I mean, hold on. Let's look at this guy's what? credentials really quick. He's he's thirty three years old. Um, he's from Atlanta. Uh, he's got good credit. What say you? <laughs> okay. So first of all, um, well, the answer to the question actually, what was the, his his exact question? His was, exact question was: his is question she, was, are you single? Is she available? Is she available? I loved, I loved the progression of that thread um, today, all the way up to the Oprah gif. What did, what did Oprah say? What did Oprah say? Hold on. She said, "What is the truth? What is the truth? You can't uh, handle the truth. the truth. You just simply can't handle because, it." Because Ethan said nope, and I said yup. And then Oprah said, "So I what is the truth?" Happened. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that was good. Did, yeah, I. I I laughed really hard. But uh, we need to know. Are you ready to give us the truth, Darlene? Listen, we are ready for the truth. The truth is... The truth... What is the truth? I'm trying to figure out how to word the truth. I'm going to I'm going to edit in the uh, Law & Order uh, chimes right there, right before you say <laughs> the truth is. It's going to be really funny. Uh, the truth is... Uh, I am not mingling. Oh. Ooh, there you go! Yes! Because why are you hyped, Patrick? Because I'm I know the story. Oh, oh wait, oh I want to hear the story with one particular person right Whoa. now. Oh, there you go. That's all I'm gonna say. Can you tell the umbrella story? Uh. <laughs> no. Um, okay. <laughs> you have to. Now that it's been brought up, you have to tell it. No, we can tell Ethan later. Wow. Well, okay. Yeah, we'll tell Ethan. later. All right, that sounds good. You're welcome, world. All right. Maybe one day I'll tell you. <laughs> Wow. But I will tell, XOXO, I, I will tell Ethan later. Girl. I will tell Ethan later. Okay, good. Sorry, Philip. Um, didn't mean to have your dreams crushed on a live <laughs> podcast, but that's kind of the way it rolls sometimes. Keep putting yourself out there to other uh, famous Catholic speakers and writers, and I'm sure one of them will will bite. No doubt. One day, one day you're one day you're hitting on some fine honey on Twitter.com, and the next day you're listening to a podcast in your car and you're sad. Why Why are you Don't describing my life? Why are you talking about my life, Patrick? <laughs> One day you're Snapchatting Miss South... Never mind, sorry, go on. <laughs> Hi, Miss South Dakota. Hi, Miranda, if you're listening. <laughs> so excited to have you on the show. After you win it all. Yeah. Did you know that Miss South Dakota listens to our podcast, Arlene? I saw something about that. Or actually, I heard you talk about it on another episode of the podcast. You listen to our podcast? I listened to one and a half episodes. I'm sorry, I'm still catching up. But, <laughs> That's more than I'm most getting... people. Isn't it I true was... that you did not listen to a single episode of Catching Foxes except for the ones that you were, that you were on, on and episode eight? <laughs> no, no, I've listened to many a Catching Foxes episode. Now, when I went on there for the first time, I had not listened to an episode. Well, they had only had six well, episodes at that at that point, so yes, I and mean, I was their first interview. Yeah. So. I learned that today when I searched Arlene Spensley into the podcast app and listened to everything. So you only that came did that up. today. I did that today. Well, I have an eight-hour shift at work. And I got to fill it with something. So, so, 
so what did you which episode like like just so there were uh, two catching foxes i listened to the, the catching foxes i listened to the uh pints with the Pounds. carrots um <laughs> i was gonna listen to the to the rhino one but i didn't um, oh my best friend the rhino that was a good episode I yeah liked that one. i've got that one queued up and then there was uh i'm trying to remember what there was one that on. was like a catholic authors podcast that you got interviewed on Oh, I remember. And then there was a one about that sex. Was like a radio show. There was one about sex, but it had an explicit tag, and I was scared to click it. Yes. Oh no. I mean, it's an interview with me. It's not going to be that. Well, yeah, but that, that you know, I have a funny story about that one. Tell it. Um, it, what it was like. Well, the show is called like We Talk About Sex or something like that. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, yeah it was sketchy. And totally secular sex podcast. Totally and sexy guy, sex podcast. Yeah. Secular. He found he found me or something I had written or we got into like a conversation on social media or something a few years ago and he was like hey i do the sex podcast would you be willing to come on the show and i was like heck yeah i would <laughs> imagine that being your thing like what do you do in your free time well i make a sex <laughs> podcast <laughs> i went um on the show and i actually really we had a great conversation very respectful we obviously don't you know agree on everything but um <laughs> really respectful but then here's the crazy part so i was on the show whatever months passed i go to new york and I am online to enter a jazz club with my mom and my brother and his now wife. And I hear somebody call my name. And I look, and it's the man who hosts that. It's that the podcast. sex guy. <laughs> it's the sex guy. Holy cow. He the lives, sex guy. He lives yeah. in New York, and he's like an actor, um, like on Broadway. What like kind of actor? And, no, no, like a real one. <laughs> oh, okay. um, and, and he, and so he he like happened to recognize me no on way. the street. Like, what are the odds? That That's I'm crazy in New York. Secular sex podcast, and he's gonna walk by on the street that I'm standing on. Wow. Outside. Of what do you do? I run a sex podcast. Well, it's a podcast, so you know he doesn't have any. Hey oh. Ooh, zing. <laughs> I run a sex podcast. You want to come over and grill some tilapia sometime? <laughs> That's gonna be my pickup line. I have a really interesting snow globe collection that we can talk about. <laughs> I have the entire. <laughs> Never mind. Just we're done. Um, <laughs> I was gonna. I'm gonna save that joke for a different podcast. Um, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's gonna be good. No, that's cool. I did learn lots of things about you. I learned that you're half Jewish. Um, you went to Protestant school. Mm-hmm. Um, you got I'm broken. Not really up. Half Jewish. It's it's complicated. I would call myself a former half Jew, and I'll tell former you why. Because <laughs> you're in diaspora. My Jewish family, the Jewish side of the family, um, ultimately they were converts to Judaism. Uh. Um, initially, and so like my dad was raised Jewish, but he became Catholic, and so like when I was really little, we did Christmas and Hanukkah, and then my dad became Catholic, and we just did Christmas. So, so <laughs> was your family like ethnically Jewish at all, or just religiously no. Jewish? No, just religiously. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool. A lot of people look at me and I'm like, "Yeah, you look Jewish," and I'm like, "It's the nose." Exactly I... like my mom, who's 100 percent Italian. You'd be but surprised also, at how often I get that possibly too. Possibly a little bit of Spanish. We don't know. Spanish. Sure. We got to take the test. I can remember. <laughs> Patrick, that was the whitest thing I've ever heard you say. And you just spent the whole week with Sergio. No, I roll. You can't. No, I spent the whole day with Sergio, and oh. that's why I said it. That that's... was my one Spanish thing that you learned from, from hanging out with my Spanish from Sergio. Friend. I'm jealous. Yes, I'm so it's so so much fun. Oh. Uh, hanging out with Catholic Twitter people is probably the best thing ever. It is a lot of fun. I'm gonna have to disagree on that one. What? What? Well, my, my only experience of hanging out with Catholic Twitter is Seek 2017, <laughs> which for most of it, Hannah didn't talk to me. 
Uh, and nobody else laughed at my jokes, so I just kind of hung out with my own friends the whole time because you guys didn't want to. Yeah, Seek was weird. Seek we're was not going to talk time. about Seek. We're not going to talk about Seek. Oh. Well, you were super busy at Seek. You I had you were like focus missionary for a hundred people without actually being a focus missionary. I pretty much worked for Focus. <laughs> without actually working for Focus. Uh, hey, let's make an let's make an episode about Focus so that we get on so that like everybody from Focus hangs out with us. Like everybody from Life Teen is on board with us right now. That's true. We've got we've got some trains rolling. Actually. They, as of as of two weeks from now, this whole life team thing is probably going to be done. You're right. Mm-hmm. What like life I still got to listen to your life as team an organization episode. is going to be done. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> the tribes will have taken them down. They yeah. will have won their revolution. <laughs> They've started the war. That's one thing I can't stand. Is the arguments? Oh, on Twitter, Just, you should yeah. probably you should probably delete the, the app then. I can't freaking stand it. Yeah. Sorry, I'd I probably just talk about chastity. I probably contribute <laughs> to that in some way. I like to get into arguments on Twitter and I make things worse than they need to be. I mean, I do too. Sometimes Oops. sometimes I'll post things. I'm just being honest right now. And I'm getting really tired, so now there's no telling what I'm gonna say. But, oh shoot, we gotta do crunch uh, soon. We don't Do you know? Like yeah. I'll post some things just because I know it's gonna get a rise out of people. Oh I, yeah. I do that. I do that. And then <laughs> yeah. I'm like, um, why did you do that? But then Our lead. Fun. Sometimes fun Ethan will text me, "Why did you tweet that?" Or I tweeted something the other day, and, and you were like, "Can I report this one tweet?" <laughs> what was it? I don't remember. I report half your tweets. Oh, it was. Oh, it was a while ago. It was the catechism one where I was like, um, "Catholic Church writes entire catechism." Church, can can you be a little more clear on your doctrine, please? <laughs> Catholic Church, lol. What, <laughs> please? Thanks. Th- that see, that's why I wanted to report you because I knew. I knew that if you read it out loud, it would just die and kill everything. We've got to we got to wrap this up. Arlene's tired. We've been here for an hour. The people don't. No, we got to do crunch bowl. We got to do crunch bowl. All right, do the crunch bowl then. Arlene, are you ready to get in the crunch bowl? We're gonna ask you a few questions. Okay. I don't. First I don't, question. I don't know what these are what for the record. What is your favorite record. kind of cereal? Oh, okay. My favorite kind of cereal. Um, I don't eat cereal anymore, but when I did, it was life. Nice. She likes it. She likes it. <laughs> she likes it. That's a deep cut to a commercial. What is your favorite color? Because someone, someone on Twitter wanted to know what your favorite color was. I saw that, and it's, it's either green or pink. I don't really know. Both. Not both, though. Um, uh, and if you could... Uh, if <laughs> would, you rather be able to, would you rather change gender every time you sneeze or not be able to tell the difference between a muffin and a baby? Between a what and a baby? Muffin. A muffin and a baby. <laughs> um... Oh man, I like this question. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, probably probably the gender one. Wow, nice. Yeah, because I would change back. You know, just to yeah. some pepper or something. It's really not. True. It's not permanent, so it's fine. I have a question. Um, Can I do the Would you rather? Would you rather um, fart out your nose or sneeze out your butt? <laughs> I'll sneeze out my butt. Yes. <laughs> Oh, you change genders every time you sneeze out your butt. That'd be so <laughs> you guys are so crazy. All right, keep going. This is fun. Oh, shoot. Do you have more, Patrick? Oh, is that it? Uh, uh, would you rather fight one duck-sized horse or... No, sorry. One horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? That's it. <laughs> 100 duck-sized horses. They'd be adorable. Would you rather poop a but watermelon? so many. Would you rather poop a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, um... <laughs> I'm gonna go with watermelon. Oh wow! Whoa. You're the. I think you're the first girl I've ever heard like, say watermelon. Most girls go with marble, and most guys go with watermelon. I just feel like I don't know. 
I don't know. My dad had a kidney stone recently. <laughs> 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 Guys, this is so crazy. Ask uh, Patrick. What ask, is even happening? ask the Steve one. This will be the way we end it. Wait, the which one? Steve's question. Steve's. Oh, oh, Arlene. Um, when was the last time you went to Mass Hungover? I've never been hungover. Wow. What? I've never been drunk. Chastity You've is for lovers. <laughs> That's good. Well, one, That's I was good. hungover once, but it was actually because of a stress relief supplement. <laughs> it wasn't. <done>. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, so, you, so you. So you. So you did drugs and you got hungover. <laughs> just like totally like legal over the counter stuff. <laughs> yeah, totally legal. Just... You know what else is totally legal over the counter? Sudafedrin. You know what they? <laughs> you know what they make with Sudafedrin? <laughs> Methamphetamine. Don't go selling me that crap, Arlene. Look, I got it at a health food store. Like, what do you want for me? Even, even worse. You know what else they sell at health food stores? Raw milk. You know what? Actually, I had, I did get this tea one time that you had to be 18 and up to get. It was great. Really? <laughs> Patrick, what's raw milk as opposed to other milk? Raw milk, it's not like pasteurized. Like, there's no... Any of that stuff. Oh. Yeah. It's just straight. I don't, it's just I don't like, like the way it tastes. Straight from the Put tea. Put your mouth on the tea. Just go. Suck it. <laughs> right out of the cow. Suck it. Right out of the cow that, cow that you want to milk when you're in first grade. I can't Call believe, back. I still can't it. believe I chose watermelon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, locked that in. Really weird, Arlene. That goes. <laughs> Thanks, that, thanks that, a lot, guys. That goes in your Wikipedia page now. You're stuck. I don't have a Wikipedia page. Oh, oh you will gosh. after you are on our podcast. True. We have influence. No, we don't. Um, Arlene, is there anything else you'd like to tell the people before we sign off? Yes. Um, assuming I don't quit social media because I hate it, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Arlene Spensley, on Instagram at Arlene Spensley, and you can also find me on Facebook and like my page. That's pretty much it. Nice. nice. Um, also, you can order my book, Chastity is for Lovers, either from my publisher, Ave Maria Press, or from me directly. I can send you a signed copy. You can find that on my website, ArleneSpensley.com. There's lots of ease in that. Uh, if you Google it in any, any spelling, you'll probably still find it. Um, and uh or you can order it on amazon don't order it on amazon she doesn't get as much money if you do that that's true i do lose money we, we, we need to support um it's not that i lose money it's just that i don't get, get it money. oh <laughs> so that's true. essentially that's basically like losing money yes. kind of yeah. amazon is a dirty corporation let's close this out uh ethan you got anything no i'm i'm good arlene thank you so much for coming on this was a lot of fun you also challenged me in ways I did not expect to be challenged tonight, so I'm kind of pissed, but, uh, you know, it's whatever. I'll deal. It's what I do. It is. You killed it. Uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters. <laughs>